the we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pound. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting and rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. My first grader was behind in reading, and this program has made a huge difference. She's now reading above grade level. I use it for my kids nightly reading for school. We love it, and it's super easy and quick to do. My kid, who just turned four years old and has been using the program since January of this year, can now read. Thank you so much, Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word KID to 323232 right now. It's fast and easy. Text KID to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text the word KID to 323232. Text KID to 323232. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, Join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomenon, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, the Exxon is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation, keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. Welcome everyone to Too Good To Be True. Thank you for taking the time to listen. The subject for today's show is zombies and voodoo. Before we start getting into details, let's just briefly talk about psychic insight and how we apply it. We choose a subject, then research it, and based on that research, we determine what we think needs to be explained by creating a series of questions. Then Justina provides psychic insight to answer those questions. 
the psychic insight is narrated towards the end of the show. Accepting the psychic insight is a question of individual belief. Now let's go through the disclaimers. Here are the disclaimers. Neither of us claim to have any expertise in any subjects that we discuss. We relate information we find through research and the psychic insight. We are always delighted to hear from the listeners. The show only lasts an hour. We don't have the time to present exhaustive research on any topic. This means that there will be information that we miss. We want to provide a basis for the psychic insight. We don't care if a theory turns out too good to be true, as the show name suggests. We are only interested in finding out more of the truth about topics. Spirit can only relate insight that is appropriate for our time in history. Free will cannot be affected. Only comments that are appropriate for our time can be given through the psychic insight. Much of the subject matter in shows may have already been covered many times in other media. We want to look into subjects in a new, different way and be thought-provoking. We are not so good with pronouncing names, we apologize. And neither of us have any particular knowledge of folklore, the voodoo religion, or associated subjects. If we have misstated anything, we apologize. Today's subject includes zombies, the subject of horror movies and scary television series, creatures that obviously fascinate the public. There is a long-running television series which recently had casting calls for extras to dress up like zombies. The producers are looking to hire individuals with a background in dance. I don't think we'll see dancing zombies, but dancers know how to move in a certain way and move together in a similar manner. Why don't you provide an overview of the origins of zombies? The Wikipedia article on zombies starts as follows, quote, A zombie is a fictional undead being created through the reanimation of a corpse. Zombies are most commonly found in horror and fantasy genre works. The term comes from Haitian folklore, in which a zombie is a dead body reanimated through various methods, most commonly magic. Modern depictions of the reanimation of the dead do not necessarily involve magic, but often invoke science fictional methods such as carriers, radiation, mental diseases, vectors, pathogens, scientific accidents, etc. Unquote. I guess the most important characteristic is a dead body that is brought back, like Frankenstein's monster. The Zombie Research Society website doesn't see it that way. Quote, he is brought to life rather than reanimated. Frankenstein is furthermore not relentlessly aggressive. He's quite a sensitive and thoughtful guy. He even tries to learn how to read and desires above all to be loved. He's driven to anger and destructiveness through his mistreatment by humans who discriminate against him largely because of his appearance. Finally, the process by which he was made to exist does not involve an infection. He doesn't eat and or bite people to spread this, his condition. In fact, he doesn't have a condition at all, except for the tragedy of his loneliness. When you're attacked or killed by Frankenstein, you don't turn into Frankenstein, unquote. I think that most people, when they say Frankenstein, they mean the monster, not the creator of the monster. But an important idea here is that zombies are all the more scary because they can spread their condition, infecting others. They're also not alive in the normal sense with a beating heart. But why don't you talk more about Haitian folklore? Before I do that, according to Article 249 of Haitian law, it is a crime if a person drugs another, then buries the body while it appears to be dead, followed by digging the body up, bringing that so-called dead person back to life again. But regarding folklore, here is more from Wikipedia. Quote, 
Zombies are featured widely in Haitian rural folklore as dead persons physically revived by the act of necromancy of a boker, a sorcerer or witch. The boker is, op uh, is opposed by the hugan or priest and the mambo or priestess of the former voodoo religion. A zombie remains under the control of the boker as a personal slave, having no will of its own. The Haitian tradition also includes an incorporeal type of zombie, the zombie astral, which is part of the human soul. A boker can capture a zombie astral to enhance his spiritual power. A zombie astral can also be sealed inside a, a specially decorated bottle by a boker and sold to a client to bring luck, healing or business success. It is believed that God eventually will reclaim the zombie soul, so the zombie is, temporary, is a temporary spiritual entity. The two types of zombie reflect soul dualism, a belief of Haitian voodoo. Each type of legendary zombie is therefore missing one half of its soul. The zombie belief has its roots in traditions brought to Haiti by enslaved Africans and their subsequent experiences in the New World. It was thought that the voodoo deity Baron Samidi would gather them from their grave to bring them to a heavenly afterlife in Africa, unless they had offended him in some way, in which case he would be forever a slave after death as a zombie. A zombie could be also be saved by feeding them salt. English professor Amy Willents has written that the modern concept of zombies was strongly influenced by Haitian slavery. Slave drivers on the plantations who were usually slaves themselves and sometimes voodoo priests used the fear of zombification to discourage slaves from committing suicide. While most scholars have associated the Haitian zombie with African cultures, a connection has also been suggested to the island's indigenous Tainil people, partly based on an early account of native shamanist practice, practices written by the Hieronymite monk Raymond Panay, a companion of Christopher Columbus. Unquote. Necromancy is a type of magic involving communication with the dead. A boker male or caplata female is a voodoo witch for hire, practicing for both good and evil. The voodoo deity Master of the Dead, Baron Samidi, is usually depicted as a character with a top hat, black tail coat, dark glasses, and cotton plugs in his nostrils, as if ready for burial. The caricature showed up in the 1973 James Bond movie, Live and Let Die, for example. When I think of voodoo witches, I think of pins being stuck in a voodoo doll to cause suffering to the person that the doll represents. Is that really part of the voodoo religion? The HuffPost website explains that most voodooists have not seen a voodoo doll, with voodoo not being a cult, black magic or devil worship. The word voodoo actually means spirit, with the practice of voodoo being centered around communication with spirits while not being about hurting or controlling others. Quote, voodoo is a religion that originates in Africa. In the Americas and the Caribbean, it is thought that a combination of various African, Catholic and Native American traditions. It is practiced around the world, but there is no accurate account of how many people are voodooists. Voodoo has no scripture or word authority. It is a community centered and supports individual experience, empowerment and responsibility. Voodoo is different in different parts of the world and varies from community to community. This is mostly about voodoo in New Orleans and Haiti, unquote. 
So what do voodooists actually believe? The HuffPost article continues, quote, to understand what they believe, you have to first understand how a voodooist sees the world. Those who practice voodoo believe that there is a visible and an invisible world, and these worlds are intertwined. Death is a transition to the invisible world, so our predecessors are still with us in spirit. They watch over and inspire us. In addition to ancestors and loved ones we knew in life, there are the loa, which can be also be understood as archetypes of human personalities and others that embody more specific concerns or localities. Each loa is actually a family of similar types. Voodooists develop relationships with the loa to seek their counsel and help with concerns in the visible world. In some ways, this is not dissimilar to the secular practice of studying and honoring remarkable historical figures. For example, someone who wishes to affect social change might find inspiration from Martin, Martin Luther King Jr. or Mahatma Gandhi and feel a kinship with them. They may, re they may read their books, keep a poster of them on the wall, place significance on their day of birth or death, and try to live by their example. In a similar fashion, a voodooist develops a relationship with a particular lower, seeks to understand and embody the principles they represent, connects spiritually in order to affect personal transformation and manifest this energy in the visible world to help the living." Unquote. Uh, Baron Samidi, as mentioned earlier, is uh, portrayed as a lower. Priests and priestesses were mentioned earlier, but what do they do? Here's more again from the HuffPost article. Quote, Voodoo has ordained clergy, Hugan priests and Manbo priestesses, that make a commitment to a spiritual path and can offer guidance when needed. But it is believed that each person is responsible for their own actions and capable of self-actualization. Voodooists especially place value on the strength of community for support and enrichment." Unquote. Voodooists typically emphasize healing and social activism. How, do you, how did voodoo get such a scary reputation? I think this is mainly down to how it has been portrayed in Hollywood, especially in horror movies. What is special about voodoo healing? I think we'll have to answer that question when we get back from the break, Justina. Yes, we'll continue after the short break, and you're listening to Too Good to Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xcbn.net. It's hard to listen to the news without realizing we're living in volatile, unprecedented times. Yet never has there been such an opportunity to transform the human condition. As old structures fail, where can we find the guidance to co-create a better way? Find Your Path Home is an ever-evolving, leading-edge information, education, and healing resource center 
designed to support and guide you on your path to unity and enlightenment. Based on sound principles employed by Shaman Worldwide, we provide techniques that can support you through the current transitions, offering online shamanic classes, international long-distance shamanic healing sessions, complimentary Mission Evolution radio episodes and Stairway to Heaven TV vignettes, seminars, retreats, and much more. All of this can be found on findyourpathhome.com. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens and they kept repeating to me over and over again, simultv.com, simultv.com. What's simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night, I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. SIMULTV.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about SIMULTV.com. SIMULTV.com. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And um, before the break, we were discussing voodoo. And Dad, you were just about to get into what is special about voodoo healing. I think you can say that white magic is involved. There are potions and spells. According to the EAEC website, health is addressed in voodoo rituals. Quote, the purpose of rituals is to make contact with a spirit, to gain their favor by offering them animal sacrifices and gifts to obtain help in the form of more abundant food, higher standard of living and improved health. Human and lower depend upon each other. Humans provide food and other materials. The lower provide health protection, health protection from evil spirits and good fortune. Rituals are held to celebrate lucky events, to attempt to escape a run of bad fortune, to celebrate a seasonal day of celebration associated with a lower for healing at birth, marriage and death, unquote. I'm sure you don't mind talking more about zombies, or at least the fear of them, in ancient times. The Historic Mysteries website has some interesting facts, starting with the origin of gravestones. Quote, The history of zombies may go back all the way to the Stone Age. Some scholars believe that the fear of of reanimated corpses may have led to the evolution of the gravestone. Originally, people would place cairns or piles of rocks over a freshly buried body to make sure it would not dig its way out, So there may be more to headstones than being memorials. There must also be more interesting facts from the ancient world. The the Archaeological Institute of America's website from November of 2007 discusses an outbreak of the Solanum virus as an explanation for zombies in early Egypt. Quote, Hierakonpolis is a site famous for its many firsts, so many in fact it is not easy to keep track of them all. So we are grateful to Max Brooks for bringing to our attention that the site can also claim the title to the earliest recorded zombie attack in history. In his magisterial tome, The Zombie Survival Guide, 2003, he informs us that in 1892, a British dig at Hiera unearthed a nondescript tomb containing a partially decomposed body whose brain had been infected with the virus Solanum. 
that turns people into zombies. In addition, thousands of scratch marks adorn every surface of the tomb, as if the corpse had tried to claw its way out. Max Brooks is a, an American author who has written about zombies as well as being a former writer for the uh, Saturday Night Television show. The article continues again referring to the work of Max Brooks. Quote, however, here we are concerned with real zombies, reanimated bodies of the recent dead, who are driven by an urge to consume living people, in turn creating more zombies. The idea that zombies are supernatural beings needs to be discarded. They are not the spawn of hell, although they certainly look the part. They are or were people who were infected by the Solanum virus. The virus creates a zombie by eating away the frontal lobe of the brain for replication, thus destroying it. The virus mutates the brain and allows the brain to remain alive but dormant and without a need for oxygen. Once the mutation is complete, approximately 23 hours from infection to fully functioning zombie, the goal will be on the unending search for living human flesh, thus spreading the infection, unquote. That implies that zombie-like behavior may have occurred in other ancient civilizations. The book De Bello Lemuris, or The Roman War Against the Zombies of Armorica, written by Thomas Brookside, published in 2009, is fiction, but is presented as if, real manu uh, as, as if a real manuscript were found and then translated, telling of Romans fighting zombies. Uh, Armorica is a name given in ancient times a part of now modern France. So why mention a work of fiction, even if it's presented as nonfiction? If zombie-like behavior is evident in early Egypt, maybe something zombie-like occurred over the 500 years of the Roman Empire. So do you think that zombie television shows and movies are more about the breakdown of civilization than just the horror of the undead? I think that's where the real terror lies, beyond the undead's antics causing panic, riveting the audience. Is there any other evidence besides piles of rocks being put on graves that the living centuries, centuries ago feared the undead? The Mashable website in an article from April of 2017 describes findings in a deserted medieval village in the north of England. Quote, medieval times were hard. Between the bubonic plague, the crusades and serfdom, daily survival was a constant struggle. So this English village wasn't taking any chances on zombies. Villagers may have burned, broken and stabbed their deceased to keep the corpses from springing back to life and roaming menacingly through the fields, a new study says. Pit full of bones near the abandoned town of Warren Percy suggests these bodies weren't simply buried and left to decompose. Sometime between the 11th and 13th centuries, villagers took a more proactive approach. A team of UK researchers wrote this week in the Journal of Archaeological Science. Belief in zombies, formerly known as revenant corpses, was widespread in northern and western Europe in, in the medieval period. It was thought that people who committed evil deeds and life took some of their ill will with them to the grave. The malevolent force was power enough, powerful enough to reanimate the bodies for round two of being a jerk. To snuff out that evil spirit once and for all, villagers would burn the bodies, break their legs, chop off their heads, cut out their hearts, and employ other unpleasant methods according to the study. The pit included 137 separate bones from at least 10 individuals who ranged in age from two to four years old to under 50 years old at death. Both genders were represented, unquote. 
similar findings of mutilated human remains have been found elsewhere in Europe and also in the Middle East. I'm not sure how toddlers or a little older, alive or dead, would pose a threat to anyone. Are there human diseases that might have been interpreted as a person being undead in less enlightened times? Apparently, the deadly disease Ebola can make people seem to be dead with muted pulse and breath, for perhaps death to be assumed, with a victim later showing signs of being very much alive. Sleeping sickness, as trans transmitted by the tsetse fly, causes victims unable to stay awake in the day to go into a coma and die, or survive with brain damage. Rabies can make the victim have difficulty in walking, along with manic aggression that may result in attacks on humans. Leprosy can result in difficulty in walking, as well as outbreaks of skin lesions, making victims appear like zombies. The list goes on. So I don't think with, a, with disease it is any surprise that the idea of the undead came into folk folklore. Let's switch gears and talk about zombies in the animal kingdom. The Mental Floss website has some gruesome examples, including a fungus that affects ants. Quote, when a spore of Ophiocordyceps unilateralis meets an ant, things get very weird and very bad for the ant very quickly. The spore germinates and enters the ant's body through holes in its exoskeleton. The fungus then starts to grow inside the ant's body, absorbing soft tissue while leaving the vital organs intact. For the ant must remain alive and fully functional for a while longer to be of real use to the fungus. When O. unilateralis reaches the autumn of its short life and is ready to sporulate and make way for the new generation, its long branching filaments grow into the ant's brain. The fungus produces chemicals that poison the ant's brain and cause it to become transportation to the fungus's birthing ground and its own hearse. The ant, no longer in control of its own body, leaves its colony, climbs a plant and clamps its mandibles around a leaf at the top, fastening it to its grave. There, new life springs into the world right out of the ant's head. Now out in the open, the fruitless bodies of the fungus mature Sorry, the fruiting bodies of the fungus mature and burst, releasing clusters of spore capsules into the air. As they descend, these capsules explode, spreading spores like confetti over the ground. The spores infect other ants, continuing the fungus's bizarre life cycle. The whole ordeal from one infection to the next can take as little as two weeks, unquote. I hope you aren't gonna, going to go through too many ex more examples like that. Just one more weird one, uh, bacteria modifying plants. The following is from the BBC website. Quote, Saskia Hoganhout at the John Innes Centre and colleagues discovered the mechanism by which one group of bacteria, phytoplasma, transforms helpless plants into zombies. They published their research in 2014. The bacteria in question need to be spread by insects that feed on plant sap, for example, leaf hoppers. But in order to attract these vehicles of contagion, infected plants must first be bent to the bacteria's will. It looks like the parasites are taking over the plants, says Hoganhout. Hoganhout and her team discovered that the bacteria were secreting proteins that changed molecular processes inside the plants. That is, they alter transcription factors, the plant's own proteins that control gene expression and help differentiate different parts of the organism for example, a leaf versus a flower versus a stem. The bacteria's invasive proteins displace 
the plant's own ones to the extent the infected plant begins to transform itself. Flowers on the plant begin to morph into green flowers, essentially becoming leaves. The infection makes them more attractive to the insects that will pick up the bacteria and carry them to new plant hosts, unquote. I think that's enough weird biology. It's time for the first question. Why are television and movie audiences fascinated by zombies? Basically, the draw is that humans can be formed into the undead. So life as a whole is very interesting to people, but also is death. So it's taking, obviously, human, sucking the life out of them, and seeing the consequences. But we'll have to continue with the psychic insight and questions about zombies and voodoo after this short break. And you're listening to Too Good To Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xcbn.net. How would your life change if you could develop the business and personal skills that you need in order to make more money? Do you want to learn how to achieve your big life goals faster? Then go to findhiddenmoney.com and get the Goal For It online course. The course teaches you how you can set and achieve your biggest goals while completely overcoming the roadblocks to your goals so that you can realize your dreams and imagine more success. Go to findhiddenmoney.com. Memorable dynamic presentations are a not-so-secret weapon in the business world. Do you have a powerful message that must be shared, but you haven't found a way to deliver that message? Do you want to be known as a top public speaker who gets amazing results? Are you ready to create and deliver your powerful message? Thomas Hides can help you create and deliver your speech to get the results you desire. Visit IconQuality.com. Did you expect your business to flourish, but instead it plateaued or didn't get off the ground yet? Would you like to achieve massive goals and discover new sources of income within your business? When you're ready to experience that type of success with fast results, Cindy Hendricks is the business coach for you. Her work with entrepreneurs and business owners has been life-changing. To get you and your business where you want to be, go to imaginemoresuccess.com. Has the fear of public speaking stalled your business or personal life? What would you give to develop and maintain supreme confidence? Have an invaluable private program to always perform at your best. Imagine how you would feel. You can have all that and so much more today with Thomas Hyde's life-changing course called Number One Fear Unleashed. Visit number one fear. The we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pounds. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. Dot com and be liberated from your fear of public speaking. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. 
And before the break, we are going through the questions and psychic insight about zombies and voodoo. Dad, can you please continue with the questions? Sure. Thanks, Justina. What is so riveting about the dead being reanimated but not brought back as truly alive by magic, pathogens, scientific accidents, etc.? Basically, again, that's it's something without a soul, without this life within it. So it's very interesting to people since, one, it seems very impossible, and two, it's something that would really affect all people. So it's this fear that's also intertwined. So it's just this interesting concept that maybe humans could come back without this life within them. Is the idea that a zombie usually has a deco decomposing body, or uh, does that arise from the idea that a zombie is really dead, but the body is merely animated? Correct. So the body without this life would continue to decompose since it's already dead. How can something that is already dead be killed or have its animation removed? That's a complicated question, but basically you can think of it as almost a monster. So almost something that isn't supposed to happen, but still does. So the simple answer is that it's something going against a series of life and death. So something again, a monster. Where did the idea come from that if a zombie bites or kills you, you become a zombie and then want to attack and bite fully alive humans for them to become zombies? It goes back to just humans in general and their original existence. So biting is something very, you can say, uncivilized that goes back to when humans just began. So you can think of biting as something that children do when they learn better very quickly. So biting is one of the strangest things that humans can do, but also something with obviously the saliva that they can spread disease. So it shows that this very uncivilized behavior, but also using saliva, so biological matter, to be able to spread. Was a point of the story of Frankenstein's monster that in society, if you are different, you will in all likelihood be mistreated? Yes, that's pretty true for the most part. So again, people focus on differences between each other in a lot of situations instead of similarities. Is another point of the story of Frankenstein's monster that the mistreated will, in all likelihood, be driven to anger and become destructive? Yes and no. It would really depend on the person. But in movies and in fictional characters, then yes, this is usually true. Was it necessary in Haitian law to define, define a crime of a person drugging another, burying the body, digging up the body, and then bringing that so-called dead person back alive again? Just the fear associated with it. So there's always tall tales, you can call them, of people being brought back from the dead. So this goes back to witchcraft and performing rituals and using the undead as more of their pawns. Is there any reality behind zombies as featured widely in Haitian rural folklore as dead persons physically revived by a bokor or a type of sorcerer? Some people believe that, yes, but there's no scientific basis in it. So it's not something that is currently possible. So usually when people were revived, it was usually because they were actually buried partially alive. So they are still alive when taken from the grave, unfortunately. Is there any reality behind zombies remaining under the control of the boker or sorcerer as a personal slave having no will of its own? In a way, yes, and sometimes there was this control factor. However, they weren't truly zombies. Is there any reality as included in the Haitian tradition of a uh, 
incorporeal type of zombie, the zombie astral, which is part of the human soul? Not exactly, no. Some still believe that. However, there is no scientific basis. So a bokor cannot capture a zombie astral to enhance its own or his own spiritual power? Correct. Does zombie belief have its, have, it, have its roots in traditions brought to Haiti by enslaved Africans? That could be said, yes. Where zombies is actually a word, obviously, for people who are under others' control also. So sometimes when someone seems more death-like, they've been through a lot, they are also called a zombie. So zombie doesn't always refer to what's in the movies. It can also refer to people who seem like a lot of the life is already out of them. So not physically the life has been out of them, but spiritually, emotionally, and psychologically, the life has been taken out of them. Could voodoo deity Baron Samidi gather the dead from their grave to bring them to a heavenly afterlife or otherwise be forever a slave after death as a zombie? The simple answer is no. Did slave drivers on Haitian plantations, who were usually slaves themselves and sometimes voodoo priests, Use the fear of zombification to discover slaves to discourage slaves from committing suicide. Yes, there was this talk of that where there's fear put into the people. So again, fear drives many to be under command. Is there any influence on zombie or voodoo beliefs that from Haiti's indigenous Taino people as based on an early account of native shamanist practices? That could be said, yes, but again, with connecting different tall tales, you can call them. There's always going to be more information that gets twisted. So advice is not to take everything at face value, since when information is passed from one person to another, it's always changed a little bit. Why are voodoo dolls seen as part of voodoo magic when most voodooists have not seen a voodoo doll? Basically, again, this fear. So it's been put into the fear of haunted dolls, which could also be voodoo dolls. So it's this fear that this inanimate object could actually control life. So it's basically this fact of life to put into an inanimate object and used to control an actual living person. Has anyone ever been harmed by a voodoo doll along with its associated magic spell? That's a difficult question since it really depends on the belief of the person. So if someone really believes there's a voodoo doll of them and that they can be harmed by it, then they may have these psychological effects. So you can almost call it the placebo effect where they will think their injuries, their negative symptoms are based on that doll. However, in the actual proven sense, there's never been any information that voodoo dolls actually cause harm. With the word voodoo meaning spirit, is the practice of voodoo centered around communication with spirits? Yes, it is. Is voodoo, is voodoo a combination of various African, Catholic and Native American traditions? Yes. Besides Haiti and New Orleans, where is voodoo practiced around the world? Usually in smaller places, so some villages practice this, where it's basically their own type of voodoo. Why does voodoo have no scripture or world authority? Basically, that's one of the draws to it, that nobody is really in charge. They're in charge of their own journey. Why is voodoo community-centered, supporting individual experience, empowerment, and responsibility? Basically, encouraging each other on their journeys. 
So making it that each person has their own individual journey, but also gets the support that they need while on this journey. Why do voodooists believe that there is a visible and an invisible world and that these worlds are intertwined? Basically, you could almost think of it as a theory that there's different dimensions and the spirit world is very close. So that there's a spirit world with the spirits, ghosts, etc., but also the physical world. So the belief that basically everything is still intertwined. Why do voodooists believe that death is a transition to the invisible world with their predecessors still with them in spirit, watching over and inspiring them? Basically, the belief that you pass on, you don't go very far. So instead of going somewhere very far away, you're still basically in the spirit world, not the physical world. Besides ancestors and loved ones who have passed, are there lower archetypes of human personalities that voodooists seek out for their counsel and help with concerns in the visible world? In their belief system, yes. So this can almost be compared to spirit guides. Do voodooists connect spiritually with a particular lower to affect personal transformation and manifest this energy in the visible world to help the living? Yes, that could be said. Why do voodooists especially place value on the strength of a community for support and enrichment? Basically, since the community can help with each personal journey, so you can go to them for the support to share your ideas on when you're struggling. So the community basically stands as a support system so that the person can go through the tough times, but also very positive times. How did voodoo get such a scary reputation, especially that spells, as in the form of a type of witchcraft, could destroy or severely, or severely harm a victim? Basically because a lot of people don't know much about it. So when someone doesn't know much about something, they create this automatic fear. And in movies, television shows, even books, voodoo has always been seen as this negative thing. So it's very different to just have it seen just in a positive light, where people casually learn about the people, rather than placing fear that they're just harmed out to harm others. Is the purpose of voodoo rituals to make contact with a spirit to gain their favor by offering them animal sacrifices and gifts? Yes. Can spirits directly help with more abundant food, a higher standard of living, or improved health? In their thought process and how they believe is that the spirit world is so closely linked, so the spirits can still have an effect on the physical world. So if they help the spirits, therefore they will get something in return. So it's almost like having karma, where if you do something positive, you can get something positive in return. Don't think we got time for another question before the break, Justina. Well, we'll continue after this short break, and you're listening to Too Good To Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xcbn.net.
I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. Christopher Fulton is a survivor of the National Security State. All he wanted to do was preserve history when he acquired a Cartier watch from the estate of President Kennedy's personal secretary. But that simple act set off a terrible chain reaction. He was pursued by the U.S. Justice Department and the FBI, thrust into the middle of the U.S. government's Assassination Records Review Board, even monitored and pursued by the Russian government. All because that Cartier watch was the missing link of evidence, a timepiece worn by JFK that fateful day in Dallas, a link resulting in Christopher being incarcerated and attacked for nine years because he opened a hidden chapter in history. The intriguing journey outlined fully in Christopher Fulton's memoir, The Inheritance, is available now through Trinday.com or Amazon.com. The Inheritance, Poisoned Fruit of JFK's Assassination by Christopher and Michelle Fulton is a must-read, an incredible tale of how easily our own government can overrule justice. The Inheritance, Poisoned Fruit of JFK's Assassination. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, we are going through the questions and psychic insight about zombies and voodoo. Dad, can you please continue? Can a spirit help those who are willing to help themselves? You could say that. It really depends on the person and the situation. But usually it's well known that if you ask your spirit guide for help, they are there to give it. So in that sense, yes, there are certain guides in the path. Do humans and lower in any way depend on each other? Yes, you could say that. As in the case of spirit guides? Correct. Can voodoo rituals be used for healing plus help celebration of special occasions as well as helping with life-changing events? That could be said, yes. Can it be said that voodooism is a form of shamanism? They're closely related, yes. Changing subject from voodoo, did the, fear, did the fear of reanimated corpses lead to the evolution of the gravestone 
from rocks being piled on graves. Yes, along with other different, more extreme methods as well. Did a British archaeological dig in 1892 at Hieronconopolis in Egypt unearth a tomb containing a partially decomposed body whose brain had been infected with the virus Solanum that turns people into zombies? Zombies is a very loose word. So again, zombie can mean many different things. So it is not actually reanimating something that was once dead. Instead, it would be more taking the life out of the person. So if someone saw someone, someone with that awful disease, they might think that they were a zombie. Correct, since they may be acting differently. So they may not seem like themselves. They may even seem very creepy. However, it's not actually the life of the person gone, and they come back to life. Instead, it's the disease is slowly killing them. So the light is slowly being taken out of them. So the difference is that they weren't once truly dead. Had an animated corpse or buried alive person tried to claw its way out of the tomb discovered in 1892? Yes. Does the Solanum virus do its damage by eating away the frontal lobe of the brain for replication, thus destroying it? Correct, yes. Does the Solanum virus also mutate the brain to allow it to remain alive but dormant and without the need for oxygen? Not exactly, no. There's still some oxygen that's needed, just not normal levels. So once the brain is mutated, the infected individual doesn't search for living human flesh to spread the infection? Correct. There's no human flesh they are searching for. Although a work of fiction, is there a grain of truth in the book written by Thomas Brookside, uh, De, De Bello Lemuris, or The Roman War Against Zombies of Armorica? There's some truth in that, but again, it's very fictionalized in its writing. Did any zombie-like behavior occur among the conquered over the 500 years of the Roman Empire? Yes, when you beat someone enough, eventually they may start to becoming a zombie. So you can say that when someone becomes tortured, at a point they may seem like they're dead. Did the inhabitants of the now-abandoned medieval community of Warren Percy burn, break their bones, and stabbed their deceased to keep corpses from springing back to life and roaming menacingly through the fields. Yes, they had this fear that they would come back alive. Did this desecration of the bodies of the dead occur sometime between the 11th and 13th centuries? Yes. Was belief in zombies widespread in Northern and Western Europe in the medieval period? Yes. Was there the belief that those who had committed evil deeds in life took some of that ill will with them to the grave to reanimate the, their bodies to cause more harm? Yes, in some people's minds, this was very real to them. Was that belief the reason for villagers burning bodies, breaking legs, chopping off heads, cutting out hearts, among other unpleasant methods? Unfortunately, yes, they wanted to keep the dead dead. How could dead children aged two to four years old be considered a threat? They thought that anything could be coming back as a zombie, so that included children. Is Warren Percy just one example of corpses mutilated through the fears of the living in areas of Europe and also the Middle East? Yes, you could say so. Why was the medieval community of Warren Percy abandoned? Basically for many different reasons, but the main one you could say is just disorganization and chaos. Can infection with the Ebola virus make victims seem to be dead with a muted pulse and breath? 
There are many different diseases that can make someone seem more dead than they are. So yes, this could be said. Can the disease, diseases, sleeping sickness or rabies give the impression that victims are the animated undead? Yes. Can leprosy resulting in difficulty in walking as well as outbreaks of skin lesions make the victim appear like zombies? Unfortunately, yes, since people are very terrified of multiple, multiple things, including skin lesions, and again, people who are different. Is natural disease a reason why the idea of the animated undead has been included in folklore? You could say so, among spiritual and religious reasons. So again, it goes back to that there's a fear that something that's dead could come back alive. But there's also these diseases. So in a way, it's just a combination of fears, since many people are afraid of death, but also are afraid of disease. In the animal kingdom, besides survival of the fungus, why has it evolved that Ocheocordyceps unilateralis can grow into an ant's brain, killing it to create a living corpse? Basically, just evolution. But the interesting difference between this and the classic zombie is that it is the living thing taking over another living thing. So instead of really calling it a zombie, it's more like a parasite where it's using a vessel, but there's still the living ant controlling the vessel. How does the fungus control the brainless ant so that it, so that it leaves its colony, climbs a plant, clamps its mandibles around a leaf at the top to become a corpse to continue to provide a food source to the fungus to grow and produce new spores? Unfortunately, it's just evolution. So the fungus over time found very extreme methods of survival. So it figured out that it could find a host, feed off of its host, and use its host. It would be able to survive. How does it help the planet that the bacteria phytoplasma can transform helpless plants into zombies? Again, just evolution, so survival. So very ancient bacteria, fungi, different organisms in general have evolved a lot greater means than a lot of animals and obviously humans since they have had more time. Is there anything useful to be learned from a type of bacteria that can secrete proteins that change molecular processes inside a plant, altering the plant's own proteins that control gene expression to change the characteristics of the plant? Yes, this could be used to actually help with human diseases. So helping with not only changing plants for humans, but also eventually using this so humans in their own bodies could be altered. So this could really help with solving some diseases and solving the complex nature of how bacteria can also be inserted into humans and used as a positive thing. What can we learn from the folklore of zombies? Basically, people fear what they really don't know much about or the what-if scenarios so with zombies they fear of them since one there's a death and fear of death but also the disease so zombies are different they're menacing and in many cases they are very difficult to stop but at the end of the day zombies basically belong in horror movies and are not something of reality what can we learn from the voodoo religion to stop judging a book by its cover so if you really want to know more about the different religions, spirituality, etc., to really study it and not just give it by, judge it by what you see in movies or books or television shows. So to really watch documentaries, listen, read different works by these people and stop just judging it and making your own decision once you know more of the information. 
So many different groups of people are just trying to form their community and help themselves and help others. And it doesn't always mean that every member is good. But for the most part, a lot of religion, spirituality, are trying to do the best thing possible. And in a lot of cases, they don't know any different. So they're raised in this religion. That was the last answer. Are the practices and beliefs of voodoo too good to be true? That depends on what you are prepared to believe. Well, voodoo and zombies was your idea. And uh, before this week, I didn't really, I thought that uh, voodoo was just witchcraft and I didn't really believe in zombies. But it's very interesting that um, voodoo is a serious, if disorganized or unorganized religion. Yeah, the first time I ever heard about voodoo was in a uh, Scooby-Doo movie. So I don't think that really had much accurate information. But I think the biggest takeaway of this show for me was just instead of judging something based on what you see, for example, Scooby-Doo, instead looking into it and studying it yourself. And with zombies, it seems like it all goes back to something that people might fear. So they might just fear the reanimation of the dead. So it basically just goes back to fear. Yes, I'm kind of disappointed that our friend Baron Samidi, and I remember the character from Live and Let Die, uh, is a, there's no reality. Maybe that's a good thing, but uh, I think the Baron made that movie. Well, I think it's interesting, too, that there is some um, connections to the animal kingdom and the zombie-like animals, which is interesting, but it seems like there's not really any true zombies where something comes back to life. But on that note, I'll mention how to get in touch with us if you have any future suggestions and if you have any comments on today's show. You can go to our Facebook page at Too Good To Be True with the first two spelled T-W-O, or you can search us by 2GTBT on either Instagram or Facebook or our website at TooGoodToBeTrue.net. And as always, thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to next week's show. If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide. 
They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today.